today to know that I'm in what God wants me to say to you. Come on, sister worship director. Sing from the pew right there. I'm going to the enemy's camp. I'm going to take back what he stole from me. Come on, mama. If you got a child up against it, going through it, Sharon, you've walked the floor for days praying for our kids. And right now is the time to say, I'm going to take back what he stole from me. Somebody in this house, you need to understand there are some Abrahams that are believing with you, that are battling with you, that are in war against the elements and the enemy and everything that hell has thrown against us in our life. And hell is not on vacation, folks. Hell is hard at work, but it's time for somebody to say, I can do this. I can make it. My faith can take it. I've got heaven on my mind and in my heart. Praise God. I'm going to take back. Hallelujah. Now, it isn't a disgrace to lose things. My Lord, I hope it's not a disgrace to lose things. I've reached the point that I can lay stuff down right on the table with me. And in five minutes, I'm saying, Sharon, where would I put that? Can you help me find this? That's all right. Four or five times a day, she says, Honey, would you call my phone? I don't know what I've done with it. Everybody needs an Abraham. I'm still preaching to you about that. Everybody needs an Abraham because you're not going to get through life without losing your phone now and again. And you need somebody to dial your number and wake you up and make you realize it may be lost to you for the moment, but it's not lost to me. It's just out of sight. We're going to take it back. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Let's take some things back. Let's take back faith. Let's take back commitment. Let's take back the issues of life that have become so unimportant to some. I'm telling you, there never was a day when we ought to make young people less important in this church structure. They need to be more important. Let's take back that love for our young folk. Let's take back that defense against the enemy for our families, for those that are yet unborn. Do you understand? It's not about us. It's about Him and what He does and what He purposes to do. that can happen to this church or any church and I could go into the is not this and not that and not such and not so and make a list of casualty happenings that would make you understand that's bad, that's bad, that's bad, that's bad and then I could draw a contrast and say but the worst thing I'm not going to do that I'm going to cut to the chase and tell you simply out front the most tragic thing that can happen to this church or any church is for us to reach the point that we think 
It's all centered around us. It's all about me. It's tragic when you start... It's not an indictment. It's an indictment against that kind of traversing into falsities. But it's a tragedy when we start thinking that the kingdom of God is about us. No, there's a generation unborn. There's an entire generation that's not even been one yet. Not saved yet. Not in the kingdom of God yet. Some of them may come in Wednesday. Who knows? But I'm talking about if we are in fact going to be a New Testament church of renewal, of refreshing, of revival, of revelation, of the things that we've been preaching and saying and teaching and committing ourselves, that's who we want to be, then you have to understand that that only spawns on the altar of sacrifice. It's not about what you accumulate that makes it happen. It's what you're willing to give up in order to get God to come to you and do this in your midst. Oh, hallelujah. I may be missing something, but it seems like that went right over your head. And so I think it's important for me to say it again. The things that constitute ultimate spiritual success in our lives are rooted, grounded, founded in starting out with a patriarch, a, a, a Abraham, that that is not going to be dissuaded by whatever happens because he's willing to spend as long as it takes, as often as it takes, as much as it takes. Forgive me for saying he. This is not gender specific. I'm not trying to paint Pastor as Abraham or, or Brother Step or myself or any man as a neighbor. I'm just saying there has to be a godly influence. It may be the Holy Ghost is your Abraham. I don't ever want to reach the place that the Holy Ghost doesn't talk to me, does not convince me, does not convict me, does not change me, does not speak up on its tiptoes when I would do the wrong thing and say, don't go there, don't do that, you shouldn't be about that, pull back from that. Oh, no, 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 don't do that. My God, how long's it been since the Holy Ghost checked anyone in this room? a limp, weak, broken case of the Holy Ghost. I want it to be so rigid, so strong, so firm that it stands up to me. Man, you want me to preach flowers and sweet smells and, and soft words this morning? God, we need the Holy Ghost to convict us, to stand up to us. The world is hellbound in a handcart. The world's not getting better. Have we got agreement on that? Have I got anybody that sees that, that understands that, 
that realizes that. The world's not better. It's not easier to live for God than it was ten years ago. It's not easier for this generation of young people to serve the Lord, please God, than it was when I was a young person. They're up against things I can't even imagine. But it's worth it, kids. It's worth it because you've got an Abraham in the Holy Ghost, which you have, and whose you are, that's standing up against your temptations, that's speaking out against the world's lies and the frailties of compromising personalities. These are not times for us to be a friend with the world. This is a time for us to be a friend of God. You need an Abraham. I wasn't finished reading. I just set you down so I could preach a bit. He brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot. No, I'm not done with that. I I read it again and I remembered that I didn't tell you adequately. If it stops being about you, and starts being about God, God's kingdom, God's will, God's purpose, then not only will that change in terms of relativity, but how you treat your brothers and sisters and how you think about your spiritual family and and the positioning you put them in will change too because you will be more concerned about your brother and sister's good their spiritual safety, their spiritual health, how they are with God, than you are even yourself. I don't mean it's neglect. I'm dancing a line here. You don't neglect your own good and your own spirituality and what you need to be in God. It's not an excuse to go off and live haphazard. No, but it's I care about you. You're my brother. You're my sister. So take me by the hand. Together we can work until he comes. Remember the the song we used to sing? That's the attitude gets a hold of you when the Holy Ghost starts standing up in your life against the things that are inappropriate. I'll just set you at ease. I'm not going into naming the things that are inappropriate. There are things that may be inappropriate to you that might not be inappropriate to somebody else because of who they are and what they do and what their job is, etc., etc. I don't need to walk in the room with somebody and see their naked back. But we got people in this church that's involved in medical science. They're nurses and practitioners and they might walk in to give a shot and see somebody's naked back. And it's a part of the job. A part of the job description. It's totally different to them than it is to me. You understand what I'm saying? Don't try to paint everybody and everything with a broad brush. That's a tragedy. That's a mistake. Because when that happens, eventually it'll become about you and not about God. And you'll start thinking you can judge everything, judge everybody.
tell everybody how they ought to live. You know exactly where the boundaries ought to be, where the lines ought to be. Nothing's ever blurred. Holy, holy, holy. If you want to know what's holy, come ask me. I got news for you. We're all like an unclean thing. We're all as a filthy rag in the sight of God. We everyone need improvement. But thank God that's why I've got an Abraham. That's why I've got somebody. Whatever happened to trusting people's Holy Ghost? Man, I've seen people fall down. I've seen them bust it. I've seen them do so bad, so wrong, and be so off base. And I'd even have people in some of the circumstances say, what are you going to do about it? And I'd say, I'm going to trust their Holy Ghost. I'm just going to believe that the Holy Ghost. I know they have the Holy Ghost. And I'm just going to believe that before they go too far for too long, the Holy Ghost is going to take them by the hand and bring them back. Is there anybody in here who agrees with me that we need the Holy Ghost to take us by the hand and lead us through? I don't know how to pray like I ought to pray. Sometimes I don't know how to live like I ought to live. I don't know how to do what I need to do but the Holy Ghost. Abraham, the spirit of Abraham, the walker and talker with God can get me back to where I need to be. Does anybody want to be back to where you need to be? Back to where I need to be. Amen. He brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also And the people. He redeemed the whole community, the whole group. But watch now, 17, watch this. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Chadar Lamar. And the kings that were with him at the valley of Sheva, which is the king's dale. Let me sing a little bit of Alabama this morning, can I? Anybody like the group Alabama? I'm a walking in tall cotton. Old times there are not forgotten. Any of you sinners remember that one? Sometimes it's not the low levels of failure that corrupt you. Sometimes it's the high shelf of success that'll get you. It's not how you cope with falling down. It's how you present yourself because you didn't. How many of you got that? How many of you understand what I'm saying? Please put your hand up if you understand what I'm saying. You understand that? Watch this. They went out to battle against particular kings. I've got to be very, very delicate with how I present this right here. And there were a confederation of kingdoms and kings that was in the 
terrorist business, the hijacking, the warring against Abraham and Lot and their families. It was a a Bedouin-type battle. It was a feud between little communes and convents and areas. And this is the only place in the Bible that I've been with just vague study able to find where the people of God, the righteousness of God, the purpose of God, buddied up with abominable things, abominations. I'm telling you, you better steer clear of abominations. If it's an abomination inside of God, you better not be a part of it. We've got agreement on that. And I'm just telling you, I can't find other places in the Bible, but we've got Abraham, we've got Lot, we've got the king of Sodom, we've got the king of Gomorrah. They're all fighting for the same thing. They're all fighting for the same result. Except, if it's Sodom and Gomorrah, now listen to me, listen close. If it's an abomination, The Bible has a law that runs through it. It cuts through the heart that says you think differently about a thief when it's just greed than you think about somebody that stole bread because their kids were hungry. That's the law of God. That's in the Bible. Sometimes it's not. Even what you do. But it's what made you. What caused you. What did you give yourself to. What voice did you listen to. That allowed you to think. That's the right thing for me. It may not be the right thing for you. It may not be the right thing for you. It may not be the right thing for any of you. But that's the right thing for me. Now I'm I'm teaching and preaching. To a congregation this morning that I have infinite, imminent confidence in. I believe you pray. I believe you walk with God. I believe you want to do the right thing. I've lived around you long enough that I don't think you come to church this morning saying, I'm going to church to see what kind of mischief I can get into. I believe you love God. But I'm going to tell you one reason you need to Abraham is when your thinking gets all screwed up, you need somebody to go to war in your behalf and get you back to thinking right. Yeah, that's right. Get us back to thinking right. Can I preach that just a minute? Can I have permission to pursue that? You can come to church. You're in the right place. The Spirit can move and you can try to respond to it. But you can get to thinking. Everything they preach is targeted at me. Every, every idea they have in mind is, is about me. They're asking. No, you're not that important. It's not about you. It's about Him. It's not about me. It's about us. It's not about what's up here anymore than it's about what's out there. The kingdom of God suffereth violence, and violent men take it with force. My God, come on. Let the spirit of Abraham cause you to stand up against sin. Stand up against unrighteousness. Stand up against abomination. And do what's right 
regardless of what it costs. It's never wrong to do right. Touch your neighbor right now and tell him. Encourage him. Speak into him. It's never wrong to do the right thing. Here comes a warning. Here comes a disclaimer. Time's up, isn't it? Time's up. Man, if I ever needed a little more time, I need it this morning. Here comes a disclaimer. Here comes a warning. You may all be about the same thing. I'm talking about the king of Sodom, king of Gomorrah, Lot and his family, Abraham. Abraham's two Captains that were trained soldiers, servants, the whole army, the whole the whole shooting match, the whole ten yards may be fighting for the same thing. But when you get into a confederation with people, with circles, with political kingdoms, and I'm talking about in the church as well as out of the church. There's political kingdoms within the religious world. And whenever you start confederating and collaborating without distinction, that's the key right there, without distinction, there's going to come a time when the issue is not what's right or wrong relative to what you're trying to do, but what best serves the circle. Now, let me bring it right down to what happened here. They fought a battle. They won a war. They went into the King's Dale. I mean, uh, the King's Dale. And, and everybody in there was high ups. Everybody had a crown. Everybody had a crowning achievement. We dwell among giants in this place. There are giants of faith in here. There are giants of prayer in here. There's giants of ministry in terms of presenting the Word. There's giants of humility. There's giants of strength. I'm not minimizing anybody. I'm not cutting anybody off at the knees. I recognize you for who you are and what you've done. But when you go into the battlefield, that's the king's dell, and you're in there to fight against somebody, they got their crown and they've got their achievement. They've got their list and there's going to be spoil taken. Sooner or later, somebody's going to get plundered. Somebody's going to get injured. Somebody's going to get cut off. And they're not going to stop to grieve the fallen. They're not going to stop to worry and to memorialize those that have been taken out in battle. Oh, they might say, we're glad for the fight they fought, 
but they're going to step right over and keep marching. Life is not going to stop to cry with you over your reversals. Life is not going to sit down and declare any kind of a mourning process over your hurts and your hang-ups. you got to understand, life is for grown-ups. Life is for big boys and big girls. And you're going to wind up at battle in the Kingsdale sooner or later where everybody's got a crown. And here's what you better be careful of if you win. If you come back a victor, there's going to be people that are nothing like you. Oh, my God, I feel prophetic in saying that. You're going to think they fought for the same things I fought for. They believe the same things I believe. They stand for the same things I stand for. We were all in the battle together. We all had the sword up at the same time against the same enemy. But Abraham knew better. You need an Abraham because Abraham knew better. When they come to him and said, here's the spoils and the kings of Sodom and the kings of Gomorrah said, let us have the people. You take the goods. Let us have the people. Those twisted, tangled, perverted leaders was already looking for slaves, already looking to put people in bondage. Hey, there may be somebody in our world, in our community, in our circles, that they look like they're fighting for the very same things you believe, and all they're trying to do is entangle people and put them in bondage to some other kind of slavery. I've come today to tell you, you need an Abraham, because Abraham knows whom the Son have set free is free indeed. Oh God, give us freedom. Oh King of Sodom, oh King of Gomorrah, they come and they you can have the goods and we'll take the people. may be my omega, but i got to say it. It has to be about more than numbers. This church can never reach the place that it's only about how many seats we can put in the seats. You get the picture? It has to be about more than numbers. Now stop, stop. If it's only numbers, sooner or later you're going to realize in this church you're nothing but a number. You don't matter, you don't count. You're just a number anyway. It has to be more than a number. If it wasn't, I wouldn't be feeling what I'm feeling this very second. It's about more than a number. We got an Abraham. We got to have an Abraham. Because to Abraham, it's not about how many tapestries we stole out of those tents. How many golden vessels we got out of that Bedouin village. and How many horses we took. and How many camels and how many oxen. No. Sodom and Gomorrah, the kings of, are saying, let us make 
break into bondage. Give us the people so we can enslave them, so we can make them serve us. And there's more to it than, than what I'm getting into. I'm trying to be discreet. But you take the goods and give us the people. Abraham didn't say, no, I won't do that. Because of what you are, he went way beyond that. You've got an Abraham. He's going to keep it balanced. And it's going to go way beyond minimums. We can never, ever, ever afford for this church to become a church of minimums. would feel strongly about it like I do this morning. We cannot major in minimums. It's got to go beyond minimum. It's got to go beyond how little do I need to do to miss hell. I'm not in this to miss hell. I'm in this to take my family to heaven with me. I'm in this if I can't even get my family. I'm in this to get your family and take your family to heaven with us. I'm not forgiving Sodom the people. I'm not forgiving Gomorrah the people. I'm in this to take the people to heaven. This is about people. The kingdom of heaven's about people. Wednesday night Sunday school rallies are about people. Children are people. You change a man and you affect a life. You save a child and you change a world. We can never reach a place that it's how little. Minimum. Don't preach that to me, Pastor. I gave it to office. Don't take me there. I was planning on preaching tithing this morning, and I haven't even got there yet. The, the preamble is so great, I haven't got to the subject yet. I'll have to come back and pick up. But Abraham, the spirit of Abraham, not only says, no, you can't have the people, but I'm going to tell you about the spirit of Abraham. It says, only God, only God, should receive the glory at any time for who I am, for what I am, for where I am. If I take the camel and the oxen and the ashes and the rugs and the tents and the gold and the silver and the brass, if I take the goods, it's not going to happen now. See, we're back to what I said. You're going to say, it could never be like that. We're fighting for the same thing. We're all on the same side. We're not identical to each other, but difference not bad. Difference just different. They're all on the same team. No, no. Abraham understood something you're not seeing. There will come a time that you will say, and even if you don't say it, somebody else will say it. The reason Abraham's great is the king of Sodom made him great. The king of Gomorrah made him I don't ever want the world to be glorified with that's why he's great. The world made him great. Thy kingdom come. 
thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. He will not share his glory with another. He will not break his glory down and let us have glory for what he's done. I go on record today as saying, my Abraham spirit, the spirit of Abraham in me says, I don't want anybody to get the praise and the honor and the distinction for bringing me out of sin but God. I don't want anybody to be able to take credit for making me a Christian but Jesus. I don't want anything to be able to say the reason they are who they are is we made them. No. The reason you are who you are is Jesus found you when you were broken, when you were down and out. When you were a sinner, when you couldn't help yourself, when you had nowhere to turn, but you had an Abraham that said, I'm going to strap on the sword and I'm going after him. I'm going to bring him back and I'm going to save him. Stand with me if you will. I don't have enough spit and spezzerinkdom left in me to sing it. But if I did, I'd be singing right now. We have a Savior. Such a wonderful Savior. We have a Savior. Such a wonderful Savior. Does anybody hear what I'm saying to you? We have a Savior, such a wonderful Savior. Mercy's atonement, stifled sin's judgment, grace made intercession. That's why I'm free. Don't give the glory to Pentecost. Pentecost didn't save me. Don't give the glory to South Kennett Street at the bypass. It wasn't a location that saved me. Mercy's atonement stifles sin's judgment. That's why you're here. Mercy's atonement stifles sin's judgment. It was grace that made intercession. That's why you're free. So stop just for a moment and realize all the pain, all the heartache, All the suffering you can't take is exactly what caused him to get up off the throne and purchase salvation in your behalf. Thank God. Thank God we got an Abraham. I feel like somebody wants to step out right now. You're not lost. You're not backslidden. You're not going to hell. But you want to just step out right now and head to the front of the building saying, Thank you, Lord, for salvation. Thank you, Lord, that there's been an Abraham in my life. And if you don't know about Abraham in your life, say, God, put an Abraham in my life. Give me an Abraham, God. Put an Abraham in my life, God. Save me, God.
was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that on my heart to
praise to God for the wonderful word that we have received. God, I'm honored today to have been in this place, to have heard your word shared in such a spectacular fashion, anointed, revelatory. God, I pray that the word that I've received today will do what you have designed for it to do, and that is to change me to be more like you. It's only because of you I am what I am. And for that, I'm forever grateful. I want to continue to strive after what you have designed for me. I pray for every person that is in this place today, God, that you would grant them the courage, and the confidence to go after what you have for them, God. To know that it's really not about us, but that it's all about you. You're the one that's going to get the glory for the things that you have done. That's the way that it should be. You should get glory for the things that you have done. It's not what we have done. It's what you have done. For that, I'm thankful. In Jesus' name. And let the church say amen. Thank you, Bishop, for sharing that beautiful word of the Lord. I don't know that I've ever heard it better. That was a powerful word from God that was revelatory, and it was to you. Everybody say it was to me. It was to you. What you do with it, what you do with it determines the result. You can walk out of here and miss what God has shared, or you can take this sanctified scripture that has been shared in our hearing today and allow it to change you. I desire to see each of you here at 5 o'clock. Begins our service tonight with prayer. We're going to have a great time in the Holy Ghost. Come back expecting God to do great things. You won't be disappointed. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.